What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Zane's World, presented by Geek Domination. I'm your host, Zane Coppage. Today's episode is about Ant-Man, the different personalities that he's taken over the years, the different people that have been Ant-Man, and at the end, I will review Ant-Man the film that came out July 17th, 2015, and is the end of Marvel's Phase 2. So start with Hank Pym is a biochemist. Uh, He was working on subatomic particles and when he manipulated them through magnetic fields he discovered a serum that he could take or administered objects and it would allow them to shrink to the size of an ant during this time he was married to maria travoya uh from bratislavia and when she was on vacation to see her family and friends back home was captured by some militants and subsequently killed uh this put a pretty big dent in Pym's psyche at this point in time. Um, But he soldiered on and continued his work. He developed a cybernetic helmet that allowed him to communicate with ants, and he became the subterranean adventurer Ant-Man. Not long after this, he also developed the robot Ultron that was revealed through flashbacks decades after the introduction of the character. But in those flashbacks, Hank Pym developed Ultron from his own uh, brainwaves and tried making the robot save the world but uh, once it became sentient and awake it brainwashed him to not remember anything that he had done prior to this so he did not remember making the, the robot or anything uh, he continued onward with his life of course the infamous man in the anthill storyline from tales to astonish was written during this time period where Pym was just sort of testing out the Ant-Man suit uh, in full, shrinking and growing, as well as communicating with ants. As his adventures wore on, he was contacted by Janet Van Dyne's father to work together. Um, It was during this time that he met Janet, and they formed a relationship. Not long after, he revealed himself to be Ant-Man and coerced her into being his sidekick, the Wasp. Once working together, they went on many adventures as superheroes, Uh, eventually responding to a distress call that Hulk was on a rampage. Turned out Hulk was being controlled by Loki, and fellow first responders, Iron Man and Thor, also fought. Once Hulk was broken of this mind control, they joined together and formed the Avengers. Not long after this, they discovered Captain America, and Hank Pym was actually one of the first people to excavate him. As the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne has the same shape-changing abilities, but also flies and has blasts of energy that emanate from her hands at will. Um, Once on the Avengers, Pym started feeling problems of inadequacy and doubts about his abilities to hold his own in comparison to his other teammates. Fighting alongside Iron Man and Thor, he felt very unsure of himself. And so he actually was able to develop the serum to allow him to grow larger. And he took on the title of Giant Man. It was at this time that his powers could extend him to probably about 12 feet tall, roughly. Um, As he got more and more adept at using the serum, he was able to grow upwards of 30 feet or more. He continued to fight alongside the Avengers, but as time went on, his insecurities added up and he started to develop the serum further and further allowing him to do more with it during this time he also accidentally inhaled a bunch of chemical fumes that altered his brain beyond all repair and he started to lose his mind slowly it was during this time that he had a mental break him and janet divorced 
and he developed the yellow jacket costume design power set and abilities his personality took a much more grim turn and eventually he snapped kidnapping janet van dyne and forcing her to marry him she saw through to the real pym inside and agreed to the marriage it was sometime after this that pym slapped wasp in that infamous image that floats around the internet to this day it was also during this time that scott lang steals the ant-man suit um, I'll come back to Scott Lang in a minute, but Yellow Jacket allows him to take it. After all of this, he realizes he does need help and seeks therapy and becomes just regular old Hank Pym, scientific adventurer. He wanted to quit uh, harrowing and, and being that type of character, but during this time, the Avengers were establishing a West Coast branch and needed someone scientifically inclined to go over there. Pym agreed and joined the West Coast Avengers. Sometime after this, he could grow, but not shrink. He returned to the giant man persona and resumed full-time work as an East Coast Avenger, periodically teaming up with the West Coast Avengers. Sometime later, he went on an adventure into the microverse, where once he returned, he had full control of all of his abilities and could even shrink and grow other things at will. Pym would later lose these abilities after an adventure into an alternate dimension, proving that they were only temporary. He was still able to shrink and grow at will when it came to himself. Otherwise, he would have to treat an object with the serum before he could do it at will. Pym would later get attacked by Ultron, and upon defeating him, rejoin the Avengers proper. While facing Kulan Goth, Hank Pym formed himself into the yellow jacket persona and giant and while when he reverted back to his normal self the yellow jacket persona had actually created its own body mass from what that giant form had and became its own identity uh as a villain and actually wound up fighting hank pym kidnapping him as his goliath persona and replacing him on the avengers eventually the Avengers worked with one of their villains and actually regained Hank Pym proper because he was able to reconcile with his other self. Fast forward to after Civil War and after his part in that, you come to the secret invasion where the Skrulls had invaded Earth through uh, deceit and shape-shifting. And it was revealed across the storyline that Pym was actually a Skrull in disguise for multiple decades, which explained his erratic behavior during which they found the real Pym. After the secret invasion, or near the end of it, Janet died, and afterwards, Pym took on the persona of the Wasp in honor of her and in memory of her. After all of this stuff, he leads the Avengers, the new Avengers storyline, alongside Miss Marvel. During the Dark Reign storyline, or right before, he was actually named the Scientist Supreme by the Eternal. Later, Loki revealed that it was actually his ploy to get him jostled by naming him that in disguise as eternal this was never really proven nor disproven so his statement could be true or else the eternal could have actually named hank pym the scientist supreme unlike stark who seeks science for progress with himself and personal gain and mr fantastic does it to save the world hank pym seeks science for the sake of science much in the same way that doctor strange seeks sorcery just for the sake of sorcery it was an admirable time in the comics, and I liked that portion. After the events of the Dark Reign and Osborn's team taking over, 
Uh, everything gets rebuilt, and during this time, Pym opens up the Avengers Academy, taking on young heroes and teaching them what it means to be a hero, as well as how to control their powers and ways that they can work together to make the students have more normal lives and for the public to be okay with these kids having powers. The events of Avengers Academy play out in a very Hunger Games-style fight on an island against the villain Arcade, which result in most of the students dying. After these events, he opens up Avengers AI along with several other tech-infused heroes known as, like such as the Vision as well as Victor Mancha and a Doombot. While trying to save the world from Ultron during the Age of Ultron event, he developed a virus that would shut down Ultron when he attacked. Uh, teaming up with the alternate timeline version of Wolverine. Once that was done, the left it left behind some villains, and that's when Pym introduced this team of Avengers AI. When they find out about one member of their team that comes on later being an Ultron virus descendant, they try to fight back, and in turn, Ultron comes back, merges with Hank Pym creating a half-human, half-mechanoid creature. Unable to deal with this, he goes and he lets the Ultron side of him and the side that he's always resented about himself take over. Upon reconciling with that side of himself yet again, he dies. He presumably dies, and we're not sure of exactly where he's at with that, but uh, at this point in the time in comics, he's considered dead. We'll see what happens after the new event ends, but that's where we're kind of at with him. Scott Lang was an electrical engineer that was working for a security company, and when they couldn't pay him enough for him to support his family, he turned to a life of burglary, which got him caught and put into prison for three years. He was let out due to good behavior and began working for Stark. Tony Stark had him working uh, in his security department, developing new security systems, one of which, when he created it, was used to uh, secure the Avengers mansion. Once his daughter Cassie got sick, he felt he needed to make money as quick as possible to try and get her treatment it was at this time that he robbed hank pym took the ant-man suit and became that character as ant-man he broke into cross technological enterprises to try and find dr erica sondheim who turned out to be kidnapped by darren cross the owner and creator of the company who was also ill and seeking the same treatment upon rescuing dr sondheim he was able to save his daughter he felt guilty and went back to Pym, seeking to turn himself in as well as the Ant-Man suit. Pym saw the good in Scott and decided to let him keep the suit as long as he continued to help out when he could. He joined the Avengers, went on tons of adventures, actually was part of a team made up of Human Torch, Namorita, and She-Hulk that was a temporary Fantastic Four. It was sometime after this that someone that he joined the Avengers with, but had clashed with personality-wise, Jack of Hearts, was resurrected at Avengers Mansion by a deranged lunatic, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, and this resurrected like zombie-like creature of Jack of Hearts exploded, presumably killing Scott Lang. Sometime after his death and the beginning of the disassembled storyline, Cassie, his daughter takes on the persona of stature because she had been taking so many pim particle uh treatments that she was also able to control her size she was only able to really grow she gave her father's helmet to amadeus cho uh, allowing him to manipulate 
ants. Sometime later, Cassie's team of young Avengers would go on to save a memoryless Wanda Maximoff, who in turn brought back Scott Lang, several other heroes, and wanted to redeem herself for all the wrongdoing she had done during the House of M and subsequent 198 storylines. Lang then moves to Florida, creating Ant-Man security solutions and trying to quit superheroing altogether. He does this with his daughter Cassie, trying to develop a much closer relationship. It was at this time that Cassie got kidnapped in a plot to save Darren Cross by reviving him using her heart that was so irradiated with pin particles. Dr. Sondheim was blackmailed into assisting and finished the procedure just as Scott Lang showed up and chased off Darren Cross. Scott Lang then helped Dr. Sondheim save his daughter by placing a new heart within her, and he shrunk down small enough to fight off the white blood cells that were trying to reject the new heart. Once she was safe, he sent her away and became a full-fledged Ant-Man full-time. He did this to try and save his daughter at the sacrifice of their relationship. Later, he would go on to save Raz Malhotra and in turn sent him the Giant Man suit, hinting that Raz shall become the new Giant Man. That is it for their origins. That is Ant-Man the two Ant-Mans that are most important. There's a third one that I will mention real quick, real short. Eric O'Grady came after that, and he had the worst tenure as Ant-Man. He was a sleazy S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that was killed doing something good for once while on the Secret Avengers with Captain America. Once he was dead, he was resurrected as Black Ant, the villain, for a short time. That's all you really need to know about him. He wasn't that good. He was really badly written, just not likable in any sense of the word. But yeah, now on to the movie. The movie was fantastic. If you are contemplating whether or not you should go see a film named Ant-Man because of how ridiculous it might seem, sure, that's an instinct you might have, but it's a fun movie. If you loved Iron Man 1, you will love this film. I say that very specifically because while Marvel does kind of keep true to their formula, it turned out better this time around than when it was on the first Iron Man and there was a little bit of awkwardness here and there and some clunkiness in the acting and and relationships. This film nails personalities and the comedy emanates from who these characters are, not any forced humor, not any shoved-in-there joke. Everything was well-timed, well-placed, and felt correct for this film. That being said, I'm going to now get into some of the more spoilery elements of this review, but I'll try to avoid the big spoilers till the very end. Basically, what happens is Scott Lang gets released from prison at the very beginning of the film. He then gets uh, picked up by his friend and tries to live a normal life, tries to go straight. The film kind of opens up with a really great set of comedy involving Baskin Robbins, Michael Pena's. Luis felt natural and not forced. The character does rely heavily on social stereotypes, much like most Hispanic comedians. However, it's so minute in its delivery that it just feels naturally like this is how the person is and the way the person is is just funny. Lang then visits his daughter, who is having a birthday party, and clearly the ex-wife and her boyfriend are there and unhappy that he's there. Once that scene's over, you see him struggling with trying to figure out how long it'll take before he can see his daughter again and he wants it done faster so he goes back to Luis and the other guys they uh hatch a plan to rob this place and it turns out to be hank pimp's house from there he takes the suit and experiments with it the first time back home 
Pym then contacts Scott and has him go through a crash course of being small. And you get to see the adventure play out as he's small living in the real world. Things like a rat look more like a lion. Water coming out of a faucet becomes a rapid ride. He has to deal with these issues on the fly for the first time, and it's all because of a scheme that Hank Pym comes up with. Pushing forward, we wind up finding that Hank Pym's former protege, Darren Cross, is almost done completing the same formula that Pym has perfected since the 80s. So then it becomes a problem of how do we stop Darren from doing this because he obviously wants to militarize it and profit off of it. He even brings agents of Hydra in to examine the serum and also buy it off of him. As the film progresses, you get to see the characters develop. Lang goes from, you know, kind of morally vague good guy to full-on heroic good guy. We get to see his friends become more developed characters with their comedic values. They're also very selfless, which is very nice to see. I will say the film shoehorns in an appearance from one of the Avengers that we hadn't seen in a while. While we can acknowledge that it is shoehorned in, it's really well done the way they do it. It's a little bit unnecessary by the end of the day, but once you get to the end of the film, it feels more important. And for those of you who heard my Avengers 2 review and know that I was rather upset with the Thor stuff and how that was shoehorned in without giving any real context, um, this film does not do that. It sets itself up well. That does it for my unspoilery review, really, because then you can tell that the film would culminate from there. Um, It would it would go in a direction. So I'll leave that to you guys. If you want to cut off here, I'll see you guys later. For those of you who want to hear the spoilery section, just stay on the line kind of thing. If if you've enjoyed the Marvel film so far, go see it. If you liked Iron Man, Captain America 2, or Guardians of the Galaxy, go see it. Now we get into the spoiler stuff. So Darren Cross is yellow jacket in this. He winds up being just really villainous that was the sad part is that he really didn't go anywhere he was very much already at the point of moderate villainy and throughout the whole rest of the film he was just villainy for no reason he didn't really feel justified as a character in a way that's what was most similar to jeff bridges character in iron man was that he just sort of was bad at this point because of reasons reason being money like it really didn't feel the need to justify that much further I think if they had thrown in maybe the medical background from his origin with Darren Cross and the fact that he needed Sondheim to help him fix an illness, something along those lines would have really delivered much more compelling reason why he's trying to develop this serum so bad, but they didn't. Pym does make references to the fact that he saw Darren in himself and that's why he chose him as his protege, and then later he got distant because he saw too much of himself, referring to the fact that in this case, Yellow Jacket when he got split off from Pym as a separate villain, got replaced by Scott Lang's first villain of Darren Cross, and they became one character. In my mind, that was actually extremely well done. I like the premise that throughout the film, it's implied and shown to you on multiple occasions that we had Michael Douglas's Hank Pym as a young Ant-Man hero working for S.H.I.E.L.D. It delivers on that extremely well. So much so that me and my friends all would agree if Marvel developed a tv series a short uh, a mini series like something small devoted to seeing michael douglas's hank pym as ant-man back in the day if we can get just something small we'll be very happy because they they made us so curious of what that was like especially with janet 
as the wasp who knows the film has him fighting the falcon later he then shows up to try and grab some device that he needs to pull the heist off with darren cross he goes there and falcon stops him the scenes that you saw in trailers and tv spots and stuff like that is very different from what you'll see in the film their fight is all on like just on the grass and kind of messes with the idea that falcon flies and has to deal with flight while ant-man is just constantly shrinking and growing messed stuff up he even gets into the circuitry and screws with the circuitry on falcon's uh, wings and that's how he stops him it's a really well done scene and that's why i wasn't too upset that it was in there shoehorning in that reference to the bigger universe there are two post-credit scenes with this film there is one after the animated credits and there is one after the scrolling credits just so that you all know the second one refers directly to justifying why this fight was in the film moving on we had janet's daughter was in the film lily van dyne and she pretty much is exactly like her mom in terms of how the comics presented janet and how lily looks like uh, lily sparks a relationship with scott in the first post credit scene if you haven't already heard about it it is the wasp costume the one that they were developing for a further use what's interesting is that by showing the, a new iteration of a wasp uniform it also insinuates the new costume that scott lang will wear in captain america civil war it was confirmed earlier this year that it would be giant man which means we're going to see a completely different suit altogether in that film yeah, so the fight with Darren Cross happened near the end of the film. He's all psychotic and using the yellow jacket suit to its fullest destructive capabilities. He winds up holding Scott's daughter hostage in her room, and that's where the fight occurs, is in her playroom. It was really cool. It played with the physics and the idea of growing and shrinking and shrinking and growing other items as well, really well. At one point in the film, Scott had developed with Pym some discs that they could throw that would alter the size of things. Um, on impact and they use that in that scene a lot like when thomas the tank engine is thrown partway through flight lang throws a growing disc at it and it grows full size and crashes through the roof of the house the utilization of those small effects and those abilities is just tremendous in this film it does so well eventually lang has to shrink to the subatomic scale which earlier in the film pym reveals is the reason why janet's dead or presumed dead is that she shrunk between the space between molecules and could never grow back. Lang goes down there to disable Cross's suit, which works. However, once he is down there, he gets lost in sort of the void. And in this space, he realizes that his limiter won't turn back on or off. So he takes a growing disc and mounts it in his limiter to supercharge his growing ability enough that he could grow back to the normal universe. He then does not reveal this to Pym at all because he knows that if you were, were to reveal it to Pym, because he knows Pym would recklessly go after Janet. It leaves kind of on a sappier note, but it really hits well and it's an enjoyable film. It stands on its own. The comedy is super top notch. Me and my girlfriend could not stop laughing. It is such a great film, and I think everyone should see this one because it is kind of quirky. It does kind of follow along certain tropes that Marvel has had. Like, when I said I equated it a lot to Iron Man 1, it's largely because, much like how Stark would name his one uh, armature dummy, uh, Lang decides to name the flying ant he rides Antony like giving a personality to an inanimate object or in this case a uh, personification of a 
an animal. Basically, it follows the same kind of growth and development. He mess when he messes up in his figuring out his abilities, it's comedic, much like when Tony Stark launched with the jet boots and hits the ceiling or his car. Lang does stuff like tries to grow and hits the door or panics while underground and grows out of the ground. A bunch of the side stuff and a bunch of that kind of like quirkiness in that regard. Lewis is very similar to Happy Hogan to me in this film. All of these things do feel like they've been done before. Possibly it's that the film being developed on for like 12-ish years could have helped it a little bit maybe. I do feel like it would have left off a little bit differently if Edgar Wright had held on to it and I would have been very curious of that but it feels like there's a still a lot of Edgar Wright's work in this with that, I will leave you to to uh, another uh, week of Zane's World. The main Geek Domination podcast should be up on Tuesday. Going forward, my podcast shall be up on Sundays. Each week we'll have something different, whether I talk about movies I'm seeing, comic books I'm reading, more origin of. If you guys want to hear different origins, just tell me. Uh, let me know on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, email me at geekdominationlisteners at gmail.com. You can go to our site at geekdomination.net and check out a bunch of other stuff, including all of Anthony's reviews that are on there. I think uh, Cody reviewed Axiom Verge for the PS4. You can read all those reviews there. I have all my podcasts up and uploaded to everything. So it's on iTunes, Flickster, stuff like that. It's all over the place. So, you know, check out some of our other stuff if you haven't. As always, see you next time.